Let's let Lou tell us about cold and ice. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. How about your fingers? How about your toes? Cold temperatures aren't just unpleasant, they are dangerous. Winnipeg police are now looking into uh, what factor the weather may have played in the death of a 53-year-old woman downtown over the weekend. Professor Popsicle has spent his career dunking people in freezing cold water just to see how their bodies react. He is Gordon Giesbricht at the University of Manitoba. Good morning, Professor Popsicle. How are you today? I'm doing great, Shadow. Uh, really good after hearing your opening song there. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you, you've spent... That's my theme song, man. <laughs> you, you've spent a lot of time uh, studying this sort of thing. And, and first of all, can you tell us what hypothermia is? Well, there's two problems that you can have uh, in, uh, in the cold. One is hypothermia. That is a decrease in body core temperature, uh, which is the heart, lungs, and brain. Uh, and uh, also uh, frostbite, which is just a local uh, freezing injury, you know, that can happen, uh, you know, usually in the hands and feet and maybe the nose or the ears. Yeah, you know, I, I used to go skating in the minus 30 when I was a kid, right, like at the outdoor community center. And it would be, you'd be out there. You know how kids are. They don't want to come yep. in once they're out there. For two hours I'm out there. I'd come back, I couldn't feel my feet. So yep. my grandfather used to make me stand on the heat register to get the, the feeling back at my feet, and the pain was overwhelming. Yeah, that was probably a little overdone. Uh, uh, you don't need, no pun intended, you don't need to, once you're inside, uh, if your feet aren't actually frozen solid, uh, I, I actually would suggest you don't stand on the heat register. Wow. Maybe maybe wrap your uh, hands around your feet or something like that. But, yeah, well, that's what he did to me. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to make sure that they weren't frozen or, or frostbitten, right? And how can you tell? Yeah. How can you tell if you've got frostbite? Oh, that's uh, usually pretty simple. It's uh, it, it, the skin will be usually white, and uh, it'll be it'll be frozen. The, the skin will be frozen solid for sure, and you, you just feel it. It'll be hard. And of course, as you as you get more and more frostbite, it, it gets deeper and deeper, and you can freeze right to the bone. Yeah. But uh, you know, if you can still if you can still push in on your skin, then you can put a dent in. It's not quite frozen yet. But if you can't, when it comes to frostbite, uh, the rule is pretty simple: never accept numbness. Because as you go into the cold environment, uh, you if you stay there, you'll feel cold. Then it'll feel painful. And then it'll feel numb, and then it'll feel nothing. And uh, those are all a progression that happens as your nerves and receptors get colder; they don't work as well. And uh, when people's uh, when they start to feel nothing, they feel okay. That's good. Now I'm okay. Uh, what that means is you're getting close to freezing your fingers, or or whatever the part that you're talking about. Because uh, when your fingers are numb. Though that tells you that your nerves are just a few degrees above zero, and uh, freezing is imminent unless you change something. So when we say never accept numbness, if you get numb fingers or numb anything, uh, you need to change something. Either put more clothing on, adds you know, add like a heating pad, you know, one of those hand warmers, or go inside or do something different. Because if you don't change your situation, you will probably get frostbite. Okay, so at this temperature today, like right now it's minus 19, the wind makes it feel like minus 29. How long would we have out there if we're dressed 
<laughs> moderately. Well, the, your your typical frostbite chart, or, or sorry, fr- uh, wind chill chart will tell you that it takes about you know your risk of freezing exposed skin within 30 minutes. Now, of course, this means your exposed skin has to be exposed to the wind. So if you're if you're in behind a, a you know a car or uh, sorry or a building. Uh, uh, or in the skiing in the forest or something, you know, for you it's minus 20 or minus 19, whatever it is. The wind chill only takes effect if you're actually out in the wind. Right. But still, the bottom line is it's, it, it takes it takes about half an hour in this temperature as it is. And what are more extreme circumstances? Let's say it's minus 35, the wind makes it feel like minus 40. I suppose that goes up <clears throat> exponentially, correct? Yeah, well, down to about minus 40, it takes about 10 minutes, uh, and then below 40, below minus 40, then you get into the, uh, you know, two and five minutes. So, you know, we kind of all cringe when we hear the word minus 40, and we we know we'll probably hit that once or twice every winter, and uh, those are the conditions where it's uh, just a couple of minutes, so you really want to watch yourself. So what about dressing for this kind of weather? A lot of people say, oh, you have to dress in layers, but other people say, you know, the big heavy parkas. Do they make much of a difference? Well, it depends what you're doing. If you're in the city uh, and you're not going to do a bunch of work, like I'm looking out here, a bunch of people coming into university, uh, you're you're, you're not going to be carrying a pack for half an hour, an hour. Uh, So a big park is fine. Uh, That's great. Basically more, you know, to prevent hypothermia, more insulation is better. Uh, where the layering comes in uh, is when you're going to be doing a, a, a sort of adventure or recreation activities like jogging or, or uh, cross-country skiing, uh, where you'll be doing some work for a long period of time and you're getting, you'll be getting warm and actually start to sweat if you just had your parka on. So the reason we have layers, you can have the same amount of, of insulation, but it allows you to adjust your insulation and uh, even though we said never accept numbness, when it comes to re- uh, recreational activity outside in the winter, it's okay to feel a little cool before you start. So we, we suggest you take a layer or two off, and, and you might feel a little cool, but you just know that when you start skiing in about five minutes, you're going to be warm, uh, and, uh, and uh, you don't want to get too warm because if you sweat into your clothing, uh, then now it's wet. Insulation value is decreases. Uh, you feel uncomfortable, and uh, when that liquid, the sweat, evaporates out of your clothes, that increases heat loss. Mm-hmm. And then if you are stuck in the wind with the wind chill, you have the deadly. We call it the wet wind cold triad. And so cold is cold. What makes it worse? And wind makes it even worse, and a lot of and, and in those cases, you can you can even die of hypothermia uh, if you're stuck outside, uh, even at temperatures above zero. We're talking with Gordon Giesbrecht, Professor Popsicle at the University of Manitoba. Uh, Gordon, do different people have different uh, tolerances for cold weather? I knew a guy years ago used to dress in nothing more than a jean jacket, even when it was like this outside, and it didn't seem to bother him at all. Yep, there's 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 a couple of different variations. One is just on how we perceive it, and and it, it, a lot of it is you know just how tough are you? Uh, you know, we can go stand outside, uh, um, and someone standing next to us is freezing, and and we're we're okay if we're the tough guy, but or tough person. Uh, <clears throat> but also, the body weight 
body size makes a difference. Uh, someone who weighs, uh, you know, 50% more than someone else is going to cool uh, slower. That's one time when it's good to have some extra body fat on board. And uh, and the other thing I think is important is, is we adapt over the winter. Uh, you know, if it's five, if it's minus five in October, you know, we're we're freezing. You go, oh man, I got to get a I got to get my parka on, but if it's minus five in March, you go. Oh man, it's beautiful outside. I don't even need my jacket. Exactly, and that's because we have adapted both in how we perceive the cold and also our our uh, our physiologic responses. Uh, one but more. I will say, your guy with the jean jacket—if yeah. you both—if you wore good clothing and he wore his jean jacket and you went cross country skiing for six hours. He wouldn't be so tough after an hour. So. <laughs> I'm not saying that we went out for six hours and did anything. No, no right. But, but most of most of our, our you know, the most people listening to this show, most of their cold exposure is very short. Yes. They're going from their car to the garage or, or, or to the house or from the parking lot to work. And you can get away with a lot of things uh, that you wouldn't be able to get away with if you were uh, outside for... For hours. Okay, one more and question. This really relates to another issue we have: is, is uh, vehicle uh, vehicles getting stranded yeah. outside of the city? And there's a long story about that. But the bottom line for that is, if your vehicle gets stranded on the road because it ran out of gas or it's in a ditch or whatever, again, there's only one rule you have to remember: that is, stay with your vehicle. Yeah. Stay inside. You might think it's cold in there, but uh, it's a lot warmer there than outside. Uh, and we have many people who've left cars and they're found frozen to death, you know, halfway to a farmer's house or whatever. And those are tragic stories. You can survive the night in a car. You know, that's the question I was going to ask you, but you answered oh. it before I could ask. So perfect. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> well, 95% of all searches end in 24 hours. Yep. So I tell people anytime you leave the city in your car or you leave your car to do some uh, recreational activity, you ask yourself, do I have with me right now what I need to survive one night? All right. And uh, that usually means a day pack for the skier with some uh, extra clothing and the ability to light a fire. Uh, and in a car, that just means a, a duffel bag with all your old clothing and boots and a sleeping bag or a blanket that you have in your basement that you don't use anymore. And you stick that in your trunk. I have mine in my trunk now. And, uh, you know, stay with your car. You'll survive the night, and then you know the the thing that follows after that is whether you 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 know you're stuck in the bush or Gordon, stuck in your car. Gordon, if you survive one night, you can survive many. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us this morning. We appreciate hey, thanks, it. Thanks, Shadow. Professor Keep cool, Popsicle. But don't <laughs> All right, <laughs> Professor Popsicle from the University of Manitoba.